Greetings, and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast that's no stranger to a deep slumber after a long period of turn-based combat. I'm your host and expert pill fluffer David Lloyd, and in this episode we're joined by the Dream Team from the Talk Nintendo podcast to discuss possibly the best Mario & Luigi game on the Nintendo 3DS. Here to provide his take on a video game full of napping is a father that would give anything for a solid night's sleep, Jordan Rudick. It's funny, I think when we originally wrote these notes, uh, my son wasn't sleeping, and so I was not getting a solid night's sleep, but uh, since then, uh, the sleep has been a little bit better, so um, maybe, uh, I don't know if it's in, uh, you know, thanks to uh, uh, this upcoming episode that I've been able to get some more sleep, but uh, yeah, things are things are definitely on the mend. Um, uh, I guess he's gone through another another leap, and uh, Perry knows well about uh, the ups and downs of, uh, of nap time and sleep time, so uh, I can say we're, we're definitely looking good right now. Yeah, I just came off a nap myself not too long ago, so I know the power of uh, even even a little bit of sleep. So, But uh, jo- also joining us is someone still young enough to actually get through the day without needing a nap, Paige Detlison. Well, I did actually pull an all-nighter um, playing this game last week, so <laughs> um, which wasn't so good because I think my wrists weren't happy playing a 3DS game for that long at a time. Don't you get the messages that pop up like every thirty minutes? Like you're supposed to take a break. You're not supposed to play this game for I too don't long. I don't think this game matters. Actually, no? okay. surprisingly, those pop up in the 3ds. That are your, I remember those popping up on uh, yeah, Wii, but I don't remember my, 3ds. Uh, I think it's some games only, right? Yeah, Maybe even, not all of them. Yeah, it's like programming the game. Like I think even Animal Crossing, they'd be like, "You're right, you've been on for a while." <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, Netflix when uh, you're binging uh, episodes and then. Usually after the second or third, they ask if you're actually still there. I guess it wouldn't make sense with an RPG to say, like, oh, you're still playing after 30 minutes? Like, that shouldn't be surprising because of how long the game is. Your sessions are probably going to be a little bit longer than that. But if it's something, like, maybe a little bit more intense or, uh, so yeah, I guess something like Animal Crossing where, you know, you're not necessarily supposed to play for longer sessions, even though people do, uh, maybe the warning makes more sense. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And representing the Talk Nintendo podcast is the man that makes most of her episodes technically crossovers, Casey Gibson. I just want to double back to to that intro you gave yourself, and, and I think you should do that for every episode, dude. Your expo, expert pillow fluffer, David Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took me for, by surprise, dude. <laughs> it could sound threatening in some context. Well, I was like looking away, and I was like, did I just hear hear that correctly? What? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you need a if you need a nice uh, chilly pillow, nothing nothing's better than a pillow that's been properly fluffed to dissipate the heat. Mm. If you need uh, you know a a pillow to uh, send a message to someone, you know that that's doable too. <laughs> Hold on a second. The purpose of pillow fluffing is to cool them down so they're not hot. Is that true? Like I have no idea. It I don't gets know if a little I'm... hot. It gets my pillow gets a little warm. You just give it a little fluff, flip it's it around. Probably, and yeah, you're, combo. You're, you're off to the races. Cool it off. Okay. Okay. Well, I need I need someone to write a ten thousand word essay on why people fluff pillows because I don't know if I've ever done it actually. I I turn I I know pillow fluffing is a thing. I just don't so, know. So therefore, I don't uh, really you can it. introduce yourself as the expert and uh, Jordan as the novice. <laughs> I'm I'm just the pillows devil advocate here. Jordan's probably got one of those magical Canada Goose uh, pillows that doesn't need fluffing. Oh, I wish. I wish. I wish I had fancier pillows and and fancier bedspread and everything like that. But we. You know, like zippers have been breaking and sheets have been coming off and I need to get like all new bedspreads. So maybe this episode will be the kick in the pants. I need to uh, to invest in some top notch bedding. That's right. And uh, representing the other half of the Talk Nintendo podcast is a man so busy he's probably forgotten what sleep feels like. Perry Burkham. I'll have you know that I, I went to sleep at 1030 last night. 
Which I haven't done in years, and it was great. Mm. What time do you wake up? Woke up at six. Woo! Yeah, that, that was crazy. Amazing. Yeah, but I just had a nap today as well. So I had a nap as <laughs> so well. So you're fully loaded. Well, it just depends on how much I'm staring yeah. at a screen during the day. It's like it can just, it can just, it can take it all out of you. Yeah, that that's the the real work from home curse, isn't it? I'll tell you the secret yeah. with the pillow, okay? So, you know, I try like a standard pillow. Doesn't support my gigantic head. I tried. It's a big head. I've seen. I tried my pillow. That didn't work. I've tried a. I've tried a, uh, a memory foam pillow, like a big, you know, like just a big memory foam pillow, and that was okay. But it still didn't work the best. I found the best one is a shredded memory foam pillow. So it's memory foam, but they're shredded into little cubes, and that is how I sleep. And that that's I found that's that's my strength right there. I am literally taking notes as you talk because <laughs> hey, this sounds. I do believe, I do believe that David calls himself the expert pillow fluffer, but I think well, Perry is the expert that. pillow user. So, <laughs> well, he's the the American expert. He, you know, David's the Canadian one. Yes. Well, Perry doesn't have access to the Canada geese down there, so I don't. We got Americans. Well, I'll, got... I'll, we'll, I'll ship him some geese if he can ship me up some Oreos. We'll we'll find a way to make, a way to make this work. Okay. Bartering. <laughs> <laughs> There's NAFTA, NAFTA at its finest. Before uh, we find out what's getting served in the pub, though, just a reminder that if you enjoy the show and listen on iTunes, please help support us by leaving a five-star review. Since most other podcasters don't have a review system, you can still greatly help us, though, maybe by telling a friend or shouting out at the world at large on Twitter about how much you love the show. And lastly, just a reminder that we'll be posting our first Patreon-exclusive episode soon. So make sure to sign up for one of the tiers on our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash thethirstymage uh, to get access to these monthly exclusive shows. So Jordan, you mentioned uh, Oreo. I don't I don't know if you've, you've got any left in uh, the grocery stores out in BC to, to get, provide us with another review. It's almost a it's almost a laughable question to ask. Do I have a new Oreo to talk about? Because you know you know I do. You know I'm gonna find a way to make it happen. Even if I have to import and pay all these extra costs, I'll find a way. Um, uh, just a, a little follow up on something I mentioned last week. So I did go in for the um, food sensitivity test on Friday last week. Uh, we're recording on a Tuesday this week. Um, it's still gonna still gonna be a week or two to get the results, but uh, they took some blood, and uh, that's always fun. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I ended up paying for the really expensive one because I want to <laughs> really want to get some some detailed information about this. So I guess it's gonna measure two uh, two hundred and eight food sensitivities. Um, so pretty it was a little yeah a little bit pricier, but uh, happy to get more information. So when that comes in, I'll I'll share some of my uh, um, I guess thoughts and interpretations Ma- of that. Imagine when, uh, they when said you were arrives. sensitive to decaf. What, what would you do? I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, well, obviously, I would give them like a one star review yeah. on Google yeah. and tell them that they're you guys wrong are, because it's you're the only liar. Thing <laughs> Imagine, like you, you know, my sensitivity to caffeine is zero and yeah, to decaf. decaf. Somehow it's measured and it's full. I don't know. It's That'd actually funny, making but, you uh, more tired and just miserable. And you're like, Jesus, but I love it so much. I mean, it very, it might very well be, but I like the taste, so I, or I, I want to keep drinking it. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see when those results come in. I do have another Oreo to talk about, though. Uh, I've only had a few of them, and that might uh, 
be as much as I need to say about uh, my inter- my uh, my feelings on the flavor. So uh, I mentioned a, a couple weeks ago that one of the few flavors I hadn't tried but I had seen was the carrot cake flavor. Mm. Uh, and again, not being a carrot cake aficionado or anything like that, I, w- I already went in pretty skeptical. Yeah, uh, it's not great. Um, it, it has a, you know, a lot of the special flavors have this, but this one seems even more pronounced. It has that really gritty, sandy cookie taste uh, on the cookie, on the sandwich part, um, uh, then the non-cream part. Uh, the cream itself is fine. Uh, it's got a little bit of cinnamon and spice to it, so I don't, I certainly don't mind that. It reminds me a little bit of the uh, cinnamon bun flavor, which I tried to make a couple months ago, uh, and even a little bit of the birthday cake flavor, which I really do like. But the cookie around is just, ah, it's, honestly, it's garbage. I don't like it at all. Um, mm. Just it kind of, yeah, very brittle, and when, you, when you're biting on it, and it's, yeah, a, a gritty and sandy, the, the, just the two words. It's like you're, uh, it's like I got, I was went to the beach, and I got a, you know, a mouthful of sand or something, and I'm just <laughs> crunching on it. So is the cookie I don't know, itself? Not a pretty the, picture. Like the... Fla- like what kind of flavoring is on the cookie itself it's hard to tell case like I, I can't really detect like a, a major flavor i'm just i'm just getting the consistency of it mostly cinnamon? and then a lot of the flavors coming from the cream mm. yeah it's a little bit of again that that hints of cinnamon and um i, I certainly don't taste any carrot <laughs> like uh, on any part of it i don't taste any carrot but uh not to say that carrot cake you really taste a, a lot of carrot but um it's hard for me to say that the the cookie has a distinct flavor because I haven't really had carrot cake in a long time. So, um, yeah, it, it just seems like a kind of a plain, slightly spiced, overly, uh, you know, sandy tasting cookie. So, um, yeah, not not a big fan. I, I definitely put this by the by the near the end of my list. Um, I was going to say my before we came on I was thinking about my impressions. And it's it like when I'm eating it, I know that I hate it. And when I'm not eating it. I, I think it's more of just a dislike. And so I don't know. I, I'm, so I was going to ask, does anyone else have that kind of feeling about a different food where they're they're eating it and they don't like it? And when they're eating it, they maybe are little, when they're not eating it, they're a little bit more positive on it. Is, is that a crazy feeling to have? I don't know. Um, Maybe. <laughs> I remember like the like su- <laughs> like the first time I had sushi, I absolutely hated it. But then like afterwards, yeah. I was like, but I want to like it, you know? And I think I, yeah. I, I like just tried like a really crazy assortment of them, and I was like, "This sucks." But uh, yeah. I, I've since learned. I mean, more of your standard uh, sushi rolls, I guess. You know, I, I don't get too crazy in there. But um, but yeah, I I don't know though. In that case, I wanted to like it beforehand. You know, where like this is an instance yeah. where yeah. you clearly already had the apprehension, right? That you're probably not going to enjoy did. it. Yeah. So it's weird that you yeah. would sort of have uh, you know, more positive thoughts later on, but. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like when in in the moment of eating it, I'm like, ah, I don't, I really don't want to eat this. Like I'm I'm not going to spit it out, but I'm just not enjoying it. And then when I'm thinking about it right now, I'm like, oh, it can't be that bad. You know, I'm almost forgetting how bad how well, bad is show, or how much we'll I dislike right it. Now, and we'll we'll yeah. get a live taste test. Absolutely not. I I, <laughs> I right put another one of those in my mouth. I'm just gonna yeah. <laughs> we get, we want to hear the sand that, pellets in turn, that cooking. Turn the the high end of your EQ up. This is going to have to be a Patreon exclusive episode (laughs) if we keep going along this train, I think. Exactly. Well, you know what would uh, be good chasing down that uh, carrot cake Oreo is a pillow latte. Is it um, P-E latte or what are we we doing the pronunciation for those things? 
Yeah. I think we should all just uh, attempt a pronunciation and, and then vote on who who is the closest. So go ahead, everybody. <laughs> Piliate. Hold on, I gotta look. Up, I gotta look up the spelling again. Because the, yeah, is I, the I'm apostrophe thinking... supposed to be an L, like Pili, Pililate. No, no, no. I think it's like P-E latte because like they're like P-E illos, like P-E los, like pillows. So I think it's more like that. Even though my brain, when I look at the drink, it's always like pie latte. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Pillate. A pillate? No. It can't no. be pillate. <laughs> that was the last thing it could be. Jordan thought he was serious for saying, hold the phone. Now, hold on I, a second, I like guys. the idea of keeping the latte part. Pilate. I think that makes that kind of makes sense. But Pilate? Pilate. No. Yes, it's a very convenient drink because it's sold at most uh, shell shop distributors and it's only 10 coins and much safer than drinking out of strange fountains on a mountain. Mm. So. I, I was hoping they'd have a decaf pilate, but I couldn't find anyone selling a thin one of those. So now that's ridiculous, Jordan. <laughs> all all the pillow people got their tests results and, and no decaf. It does make sense, though. Doesn't Sleeping it? on a pillow and going into Luigi's dreams is not ridiculous, but me wanting a decaf beverage is. It's funny, right? It, they should. They probably all are decaf because otherwise you can't get to sleep, right? But maybe they don't right. want to get to sleep. Hmm. But they're pillows. Exactly. If they go to sleep, then random Can, Luigi's okay. going to drop their heads on them. I'm sorry. I just have to say this. How amazing is it that there's a pillow kingdom of pillows? It's just <laughs> it's just the best. I'm sorry. And the, it the is. pillow That's artifact. We, I mean, we had the beans, right? The, the kingdom of beans. And that was great. And I don't know what's in the second one. What's in the second one? The Partners in Time. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, 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 that's the one I have not played. But um, yeah, right. this I just what an amazing this this game is ridiculous. We've already said pillow way too many times. Like we've already <laughs> we've gone oh way goodness. over a quota for the for you the word have pillow. to we call this episode pillow really talk. Well, the the people um, like they've got <laughs> the apostrophe talk. as well, so they're more like p illos. <laughs> yeah, p illos. So it's not the same. So it's okay. <laughs> Can we just say p in front of every word we want to say for the rest of the podcast? <laughs> P. Perry, P. Burkham, P. Casey. P. Jordan. Yeah. Hey, P. Jordan sounds yeah. pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm. P. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Michael P. Jordan. I was going to say, you, you got to be a baller with that name. Oh, yeah. I used to wear nothing but Jordan, like Air Jordan clothes. Like, there was a period in my life where <laughs> everything in my wardrobe, and I was playing basketball, so it made sense, but everything I, I wore had the name Jordan on it. So when I met new people and they asked, oh, what's your name? I would just point to my shirt. I didn't even have to talk oh, to Michael? people. It was great. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, Perry. No, no one. No one made that jump. They they always just looked at the word. <laughs> no, no one calls him Michael unless you like know him. I know him. Oh, my favorite bass player, Michael. <laughs> like who says that? Well, I thought you were pointing at, at the, the funny the thing silhouette. is they, they would know who you were talking about. Talk about the silhouette, you know. Your new name probably. is Michael, as far as I'm concerned. From now on, it's Michael. Yeah. <laughs> I like how every every week with you two, I get a new, I you, get a, or every month look we, like I come on, we get a new, get a new you title. You do look like a Michael. Yeah, I've See? been told that. See? Told oh, so suddenly now you've been told that. You're not wrong. Well, now I need to get a shirt that says <laughs> Michael you. on it. I couldn't find any, though, so. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, before before we jump into the actual game talk, we'll, uh, I'll just fit, cap it off with, uh, instead of doing a specific beer of the week this, this time around, I'm going to start working on the, the beer periodic table of uh, elements, so. 
Uh, this week we're starting off at the the very lightest, the very top of the top left of the list. It's a Berliner Weiss. I'm gonna pronounce it properly for you and everything, Jordan. Thank you. So this is a regional variation of a wheat beer style from northern Germany that uh, dates back to the 16th century. So this is uh, about as light as a beer gets. It's um, it's very very it's close to clear. It's uh, malted with from barley and wheat, and it's kilned at low temperature to uh, minimize the color coloration. Uh, formation. The fermentation takes place with a mixture of yeast and lactic acid bacteria, uh, which gives it that uh, kind of uh, lactic acid taste. And um, uh, generally, the alcoholic contents for these ones are between two and a half and three point five, which is probably why I haven't uh, drank uh, very many of these before. <laughs> Usually, see that alcohol content just uh, rated off. But you would drink that to sober up, David. That would be like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty drunk <laughs> right now. I'm just gonna have beer. this. And- that's yeah the morning beer. right now yeah. yeah but uh for people who are not big fan of hops this is a good uh, option for you because it's got a low ibu it's around 7 or 12 uh generally in between those numbers but um i also wanted to provide maybe a few um mass production options just so that people kind of have an idea of what it is but unfortunately nobody nobody really makes them they're uh i guess just not that profitable so you like the big beer companies don't typically make them if you really wanted to get one, you'd have to find like a local craft brewery that specifically makes them. But uh, yeah, in Europe, they're pretty pretty hard to find, I guess, uh, outside of Berlin. So, uh, but yeah, that is the the first uh, the first round of. Uh, I think I could go till the, pretty much the end of the year with all the different beer types. So uh, it's going to be some some educational services going on in the beer talk uh, for the next little while. So Perry, because there's no people making uh, the Berliner Weiss. Uh, if Game Dex doesn't work out, I'd like you to get into that industry next, okay? Okay. Yeah. I I, uh, okay. I have no idea. You can even, you know what? I'll give you another tip. You can even call it P.E. Berliner Weiss. And you can put, like, uh, Luigi and Mario sleeping on the cover or something like that. I don't know. P.I.? Isn't it P.I.? Yeah. P.I. No, I think I think Paige is right. I just saw the I saw the apostrophe, and it looks like a Hawaiian word or something, so I think it's P.E. Latte. That's right. PP latte. Yeah. Okay. Jordan's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> there there's an episode title for you. <laughs> Alrighty, well, let's let's get to the actual topic of the evening, which is the uh, Mario and Luigi. This is the Dream Team game for the Nintendo 3DS, and uh, so this is a long-running series uh, of a bunch of Mario and Luigi's, which was really spun off originally from Paper Mario back in the day, uh, which you could probably even go back to like Mario RPG. I guess would probably be the uh, where you would first uh, look for these types of games. Grandfather. Yeah, the foundation. The the. The OG. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, when uh, I guess basically like when Mario RPG, <laughs> after Mario RPG, I guess you could basically say that they ended up going in kind of two directions. Like you got like the Paper Mario series and the Mario Luigi series. And the Paper Mario series kind of really went away from the RPG s- stuff. But Mario mm-hmm. Luigi stays still st- stays pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Like the, the recent stuff for Paper Mario, I think, is pretty non-RPG. Eh? Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. That puzzle system. Yeah, I mean, it's starting with Sticker Star, right? Sticker Star was the one uh, that that I guess, I guess Super yeah, Paper Mario was well. Much, uh, that, that's probably even more so. I think if you it's you look at that series now, and it is more weird, strange adventure game than it is RPG. You know, like there's only Definitely. really two yeah. entries which as is, far as like a true a and tried RPG goes. You know, which is a mistake because like we talked about last time, the Thousand Year Doors so good and mm. i just it's so much better than like i loved origami king like i really did i loved it but it's like it's kind of like on parks and rec when they try the really nice turkey burger and they're all impressed and then they go and they eat the regular burger and they're like oh yeah this is a lot better it's just <laughs> it was just kind of like that to me it's like the original rpg format is a lot better that's why dream team is amazing. It really, like you said, it is a continuation of the of, you know, like the the weird platforming. You know, that just feels it's so stiff and it doesn't feel right. But that's okay. I think that's, I think it's on purpose because it really puts the emphasis on the on the weird action command uh, uh, fighting, which is amazing. And yeah, th- and this is kind of like the pinnacle, I think, uh, of that. I mean, because I think this is the well, I guess besides Paper Jam, pa- but paper I think I like the I think I like Dream it. Team better than Paper Jam. Me too. I, yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, sure. at least in my mind, I, I do. And I, th- and I think it's because this one has a lot more original stuff, you know? And Paper Jam was just so much fun. It was just a bunch it's of like like the turkey bird, fan you know? service. It was great. And it was just fun to see the, you know, fun to see the Paper Mario interacting in an RPG again. Uh, but yeah, just this game has everything. I mean, it really, I mean, and it's really, I mean, and I, I didn't really talk about this because I never had played Bowser's Inside Story till after Dream Team. But it's really much a sequel to Bowser's Inside Story, and I didn't, and uh, gameplay wise, and I didn't really, and I, of course, this could be also similar with, with, uh, with Partners in Time, but it does have, like you know, like you know, the entering of the the character uh, into the side scrolling, you know, like, and so that's what it was like with Bowser. You know, then you walk around as Bowser, and it's just you know you're tiny, and then with Luigi, you're in his dreams, and so, and you know, it's just. It's a really fun system, and you know, act like actually pulling Luigi's mustache to do stuff. I mean, it's so weird <laughs> and amazing to manipulate him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they make pretty good use of the touchscreen in this game too. Um, I didn't get a chance to, or I, I might have seen the 3D effects the first time I played the game, uh, but in replaying it, it was on my 2DS XL. So uh, you know, rub it in my face that I didn't have 3D effects on this playthrough. It doesn't but, surprise uh, me. Switch uh, Lite. I, I, yeah, decaf. <laughs> Decaf switch. I, yeah, what is with I you? Lo- I love You're my sadist. switch life. What's wrong with you? You're a masochist. I just you realized what Jordan is. Except a little worse. How is switch light an insult? Switch light. It's fantastic. Switch light. Um, it's inside story. Like, Bowser does story. I think I like better than this game. Uh, but I'm try- I can't really think why. Like, I, I feel like... You know, you're right, Perry. The, it, Dream Team does naturally build on a lot of the things that were introduced in uh, Bowser's Inside Story. So I, I don't know what it is about. I, I think I know go back why. to that game and maybe. Okay. All yeah. right. So I I love this game a lot, right? And it is definitely similar to Bowser's Inside Story. But the one thing that uh, that I think this game goes too much in is just its length. It is like a forty hour mm-hmm. game yeah. versus Bowser's really Inside long. Story, yeah. Yeah. which is like. I'm looking at uh, how long to beat, and it's 22 hours, so almost half of it, right? And I think the game just sort of, you know, tends to wear thin, or it's just a long adventure. Yeah. I don't know, for yeah, me, Mario Luigi that, games you know? should be in that 20-hour frame, you know? Yeah. What? Why did they? It's really interesting that they did that on the 3DS, and I, I'm sure they just kept having ideas and shoving them in and stuff. And I know that 
Isn't this uh, that uh, the Kirby's Epic Yarn people did the the big boss battles, which are really cool? Uh-huh. Um, okay. What, what are they mm. called? Why can't I? Feel good. Good feel. Yeah. Good oh, feel. Yeah. Potato, um, potato. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, they, so, you know, they are involved in this game as well. And I, I know exactly. I mean, I, I played through the whole thing, and I, I, I can't remember. I mean, the first time around, you know, I played through the whole thing, and I, and I, I can't remember it. I remember it being long, but I did play through it. But maybe that was because that was in the good old days of having time to play <laughs> games. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Paige, did you did you play this before, or is this your first time going through this one? I can't remember. Um, first time going through it. I, I did get further in this than I did um, Paper Jam, which was something I tried when I was first trying to get into RPGs. Hmm. Yeah, paper. yeah. I, I picked up Paper Jam at launch and just I couldn't I couldn't get into it. I felt just it's so, so generic. The toad, the toad hunting stuff. Just like, oh, not not again. Like it's too much. It's just a generic game to me. It's like, all right, yeah, all right we're yeah. gonna throw you know Paper Mario in with Mario and Luigi, and then we could just do all the paper. Which versions. sounds, but that sounds great. But, it sounds like that should be a great crossover. But, but it, they, they just, just went paint by the numbers. Up oh, generic uh, desert yeah. area, you know, generic forest area. Up. Oh, paper versions and I, I liked how they had the paper versions and the regular versions in that game where the timings were different and i thought that you know i, yeah. I liked that but i don't know just all the mm-hmm. it just it didn't have like a soul you know what i mean where like dream team you've got yeah. the pillow people you know you've got all these things that help to build that world to feel like a cohesive area you know where like paper jam like i said it just felt like oh we're going to generic spot a you know it's the yeah, pillows. Yeah. It needs more can pillows. I, can I tell you why I think Dream Team seems too long? And this is like my, my my thesis probably for the entire game. It's it's over tutorialized. Yeah. Everything is a tutorial and it doesn't let you figure out things on your own. I think that's the biggest weakness of the game. It's super charming and I, I love the I think the combat is interesting. Some of the bosses are kind of damage spongy, but I, I just think that every time you, you go somewhere new, do something new, there's a big long tutorial and they ask, you know, do you want to try it again or do you want to listen again? And it's like just just stop talking for a minute. Like let let the player figure some stuff out, right? Yeah, even like three quarters through the game. The, the star guy keeps coming up and it's just like go away <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's too much like just I, I just wish there were a little bit more trusting of the player to figure out things or, yeah. or figure out how to how to get to the next place because, right because of the sort of reflexes you need to play this game i think it's for more slightly older kids and i don't think they need as much uh hand-holding as they think Exactly, well, and, and maybe because it's the first game on the 3DS, but it, this isn't like a 3DS launch title uh, or something. Like we're a couple years in by I this think time. That you're definitely hitting something on the head right now because I think about this. So, and I've brought this up before, but this game is called Mario and Luigi. Okay, so you have tons and tons of adult of parents buying this for their kids, thinking it's Mario and Luigi. Hold on, Perry. What is it called? It's called Mario and Luigi. Thing. And so, because I, I when I buy like bundles of games and dia- and systems and stuff, they always have one of these RPGs on there, and and it's always like mm-hmm. pets, you know, pets, babies, and and all these you know games and Mario and Luigi, you know, Bowser's Inside Story. <laughs> it's, and true. it's like you're right, you're right, man. Yeah. Like I know they're getting, and I'm sure that you check on there and they don't play for a long time. And so they have to know that. So they have. I think that's probably part of it. Is is they know that. L- kids are are really playing this and uh, you know and i think that that's that's probably part of the reason why it seems over tutorialized 
But you say that, and the yeah. bosses are really tough, though. I think some of the boss fights, like, you have to kind of grind for them, unless you're fighting every enemy along the way. Yeah. Uh, and, and then on the normal difficulty, without if you don't scale it down after losing a couple of times, I, I can't imagine like younger kids who need the tutorials would also have a lot of success against these yeah, bosses. I agree. They require like, you know, good yeah. timing and a lot of patience. I, I think the boss I had the most trouble with was that mammoth-looking one. I actually beat it and luigi was on one health and mario was knocked out so that's the best oh, feeling yeah, ever. yeah. the best the so that hey, that meant their experience levels were um actually matched again because otherwise always like luigi was behind but because mario was knocked yes, out he didn't right, get the uh, right. experience points it's funny for a kid game to not give experience to a player that's knocked out either like it just there's a, there's a lot of that disconnect between here are things for like the rpg enthusiasts and here are things for the young kids playing a mario and luigi mm -hmm. game for the first time like i wish there was a greater balance they, between they should things, just maybe. maybe like ask like do you want the tutorial you know tutorials enabled uh and then they could still ask you you know in front of it where if you don't need it you know for a kid or something if they figure it out but yeah to, to get rid of them i don't know I, they're definitely there for sure they, they didn't seem to bother me because i remember the first time i played through it that that was sort of the common theme was like yeah there's so many tutorials and it's like really annoying and like I was sort of like, oh, man, this game, I guess, sort of sucks, you know? And then I ended up playing it, and I was like, oh, man, actually, it doesn't suck at all. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Sort of annoying, and, and I guess that definitely adds to the pacing. But, yeah, I just think it, they mm -hmm. tried to push that game too long. I don't know, like, like Perry had mentioned, if it was just something where they had ideas and they were just like, well, why the heck not? Or if it was something that they tried to, it's like, hey, let's, you know, intentionally make this a longer game because i'm looking at all the the games here right superstar saga was 20 hours uh partners in time 18 inside story bowser's inside story 22 paper jam a little bit longer at 27 but yeah dream team definitely is like the outlier you know over 40 hours that is weird i'm curious if it's a if it's a technological thing because like all the games that came before it were either like superstar saga was on the gba partners in time inside story they were all the on DS's. the uh, the DS. So so the Dream Team is the first 3DS game. Maybe they saw like the how big they could make the game and just kind of ran with it. I guess because even Paper Jam is is a little bit on the longer side. Yeah, it's kind of 30. Yeah. So it makes you think that, but yeah, it's funny with the to have the, the tutorials because like this is the fourth Mario and Luigi title. So you'd think at this point you wouldn't have to lean on those tutorials so much. And even even then, like. Uh, when you look at Paper Mario, like the the combat system feels a lot like Thousand Year Door to me. Like it, there is obviously a difference because you've you have the separate characters and separate buttons and sort of thing, but it's still like the I guess like the base mechanics still felt very similar to the the Thousand Year Door. Like that that was one of the things that uh, came out to me is that there was already if I had a familiarity with the system. Like, this was my first Mary and Luigi, but it still felt familiar oh, yeah. from it just totally the, the Thousand Year Door play. I mean, play. even like mm -hmm. the landing, yeah. you know, it's the same exact, you know, hit A right when you land on top of them and dodge stuff. I mean, yeah, it's... it's Yeah, go go back to Super Mario RPG, right? Like, the, and, and other yeah. games have used this since, but like every... Oh, basically, every game in this series has used some form of the timed attack, timed defense. So, yeah, you don't need to be overly familiar with the series just a little bit to already have a good idea of so how it's going to work. I, I would like to ask everyone here, like, what do you think about that fighting style? And I ask this because it's so engaging for me. Like, it is so fun. And I think that's what brings me through these games is that 
it just feels like it's skill based, you know, and that just that that obviously yeah. makes it feel good to play when you can nail stuff and get it right. But, but what what does everyone think about that? I mean, do you do you like that? Do you hate it, or or is it kind of indifferent? Or I. I think I like it a lot because, like you said, it sort of keeps you engaged, right? Where, you know, I think everyone here, we, we love turn-based combat, right? Or a majority of us. And I like <laughs> having the turn-based with a little bit, you know, extra, right? To keep you engaged. Here are the action commands. Yeah. Um, I also like that it makes you pay attention to your enemies, right? Where instead of like, oh, like, sure, this enemy hits me for uh, 15 HP or I mean I guess in this you know whatever however many hit points okay whatever I'll move on no you need to watch their attack patterns and what's cool is like there is the completely dodge the enemy's attack right but then there's usually a way to counter it and actually end up doing damage to them on their turn right Mm -hmm. and then that helps sort of make the battles faster and and it just like Perry said it's skill based right it makes you feel good like yeah nailed that timing yeah boom you know yeah um, like I said, I think it's this sort of series is a good bridging point between people who might think they don't like turn-based combat because you've got the extra things to do, so you're a bit more involved. Uh, and yeah, I like the and it, like lots of enemies had different variety of the move sets. A couple maybe their like the moves to counter took a bit too long, but I liked how different they were. Uh, even in like the Dream World, you'd have different um, people to fight. Uh, I think my favorite were the Dr. Mario viruses because you could actually, because when you hit them, they would change color. Totally. And you'd always do like yeah. two hits. So they would change from one to the specific other. And you had to, ma- yeah. if you could, you could actually combo them down and like whittle the amount of enemies a lot, down a lot faster. There really is some clever enemy design, world design. And yeah, and, and things like that, I think, contribute massively to how game, uh, how charming this game is. I, I, I can't say a lot bad about the combat other than the, the fact that I, some of the move, yeah, like Paige said, some of the moves take too long or the pacing can be a little bit off. Like you, you might, you might spend like 20 to 30 seconds just dodging one move from the, from a boss, for example. Uh, and then you go back to your turn and your, your move, your, your turn takes like five seconds or something like that. And that, that could be a little bit frustrating, but um, yeah, I just, Going through the game, like every area you get to, you're encountering new things, and it does feel like uh, a very novel game to play all the way through, even if it is does get a little bit long in the tooth. Yeah, I I love in the dream when the Luigi's all the the big group of them falls down on the enemies. That just yeah, feels yeah. it feels it's great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love the Luigi-nary attacks. Um, I like them a lot more than the Bros attacks. Yeah, they're for more sure. Fun, well, even though yeah, they're they can be yeah, longer too. They're a lot more fun. So when I keep going in between the dream mode and the normal one, sometimes I get disappointed because I realize I can't do a giant Luigi totally. ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I liked it more in this game because I, I feel like they did a better job of implementing the strategy to go with those moves. Like when I think back of to something like Mario RPG, the, the timing based felt almost tacked on to me. Like it didn't, it didn't feel like part of the strategy necessarily. Um, and, and Thousand Year Door did did a better job, I think, but it's still, I, I just didn't feel like there was enough strategy there. But I th- feel like with this one, there's so much variety in the enemies and the attacks and how you respond to the attacks that it, it started to kind of go away from just being like a time-based thing for me. And fe- I just, I could see the strategy more and okay, you know, th- this particular enemy, I if I do this attack with and then mix it with this and then I could take out this guy quick more quickly, like 
I just felt like the strategy was was very well implemented here, and that's like I'm more of usually of a turn based person myself. I I prefer to focus on the strategy part. So the fact that they've worked it within all those different moves and stuff, I, I think does a really good job. And I think the fact that they have the the 3D element to it, so that it, it gives them another element that they can add where you have like enemies coming from like the top of the screen and the bottom of the screen and uh, the, like just the how they got in so many different ways is uh, pretty impressive. well in this game is that I, I felt more engaged in the story of this one. Mm. Now I can't say that I've that I've played too many in the series, but I'm going to make the controversial uh, claim that I, I felt I felt like this story was a little more interesting to me than Thousand Year Door was. Uh oh. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I could see the pitchforks already. Yeah, that was fighting words. But uh, I don't know. I just it just. I don't. I just felt it's just more entertaining. I guess like I I enjoyed how expressive, like all the characters are, and I always loved how like Mario and Luigi would. Uh, they didn't actually use the words. Italian gibberish. Like, they, yeah, yeah. yeah, they'd have a conversation. <laughs> be, <laughs> it's great. It's really good. Yeah, like yeah. There's just like all those little things. I just uh, really enjoyed. I think the star guy and everyone dunks on Luigi way too much, considering he's the hero of the story. Uh, she really yeah. kept digging on him, and he like he's the one with the special dream powers. Like all of you would still be stoned if he wasn't around. Poor Ouija. Um I did actually, yeah, I did actually feel compelled to save all the little damsels in distress every time I found one of them because I was like, oh, I need to save all of them. I actually really liked that that side quest of, of just saving all the pillows that you don't that um they're kind of just hidden in the world, or you might you know break a boulder or something and, and see one back there. I thought those little bite-sized dungeons were great, actually. Yeah. And well, while some of the some of the dungeons I do think go on a little bit longer, um, I think about the one where you you find the um, the the four uh, the kind of training brothers. Uh, the yeah. um, uh, I, I can't remember the, their names, but uh, you find them in the uh, that, that town, and you're trying Beef. to wait. I guess you're trying to the, that that one was that one was too long. But then the individual ones where you're just you you kind of you're rescuing the pillows, and you get you know um, rewards for rescuing uh, a higher number of them. I I really liked the size of those. I wish that they felt a little a little bit like, and this might be a stretch, but um, kind of Breath of the Wild shrines in that they don't go on too long. There's a little bit of a challenge to them, or maybe a, some kind of hook uh, or a, a, a boss fight or something like that, and then you get through them pretty fast. And yeah, those were those were really satisfying. I I don't normally go for uh, kind of completing everything like that, but I did feel compelled to go for most of those. Yeah, I also liked. I don't know about you guys, but I like just collecting the badges too as you're out, right and I don't know, the whole badge system to me was pretty cool because it totally, sort of yeah. combined the two, right? And then all of a sudden they, the, the gauge fills up and then bam. And some of them are like pretty overpowered, like the the, the restoring HP, like it's, and, and it, yeah, it's it can be pretty strong. big. So it's nice to sort of have that on some difficult boss fights to have that in the back pocket. I'd usually be saving up like the um, shielded for 10 turns combo. 
not 10 tens, the 6 tens combo, uh, and then try to like, have the HP one build up, so by the time I got to a boss fight, they'd be safe to learn how to dodge their attacks without, like, actually, you know, using the, what's that, the boo ball or something, where it, you use for practicing dodging, but then you can't move properly. Mm. I forget what that is. With the shield, it, I can just, like, get used to the timing without actually I, getting... Yeah, that, that's, a, that's even, a good strategy for learning them. Even when I did... Because uh, when you level up, you've got the ranks every so often, and you get to choose a permanent buff. Even when I did the take 25% less damage, I could still get killed pretty quickly. So it's definitely important to not get hit. Yeah, when when you get into that new area with a bunch of new enemies, and like like I said, you're still trying to figure out the timing. Like sometimes you just feel like such like a weak idiot. You know, it's like I'm getting hosed by like the first like Goomba esque enemy I've run into because I'm not used to the timing. You know, but uh, no, I, I think that's again the beauty of it is you, you sort of you know pick up the timings, and then by the time you're sort of like oh these enemies like I know exactly how to to beat them like. You move on to the next area, and then all of a sudden are introduced to a bunch of new enemies, right? Um, but yeah, I, I thought I was looking online, so there's actually 36 different uh, badge combinations that you could pick, wow. and I think that, that you know that's a pretty significant amount considering. Um, I mean, I think I'm looking here. I think technically the different like restores 30, restores 50 percent HP, are like different combinations technically, but. Yeah, I yeah. mean, still pretty cool because I know for me in RPGs, like obviously, you know, you like upgrading your weapons and stuff um, and your your equipment, but that like the badge, right, so, or the materia in Final Fantasy or, or whatever, like the extra stuff um, that I, I love messing around with and make it, you know, a little bit more custom mobility, if you will. Uh, Paige, you brought up the idea, the, the progression and the way that like, I think it's every five levels or so, uh, you gain a, a permanent, uh, stronger buff to your characters. Like you can, you can equip a new, uh, a new piece of armor or a new accessory or something like that. Um, I really like that actually. I think that the, and because even just at a regular level up, you already get a choice of which stat you want to receive an extra boost. Yeah. Um, you, the funny thing is like, you can't, you, it's still, it punishes you for trying to over boost one stat. Like if you keep putting, uh, if you keep selecting the attack stat like i was doing early on eventually instead of like drawing a three four or five on the on the roll the the dice roll i guess uh it'll only do like one two or three so you can't just like pump up one stat too high you do well, need to spread it out over I a realized few cause uh, when you level up you get the points and then you got that free roll i realized oh. that the you don't get any points to stash so i started you know putting all the points onto their mustaches so that <laughs> better luck it must, yeah, that's probably not a bad idea because I wonder if that stat, I wonder if the, the return, the diminishing returns won't be as great because you're not getting the natural uh, improvement anyway. So that, that's probably it's a good so, play. I don't think I ever put put points into luck. Like, I, it's just not the way I play. I, but, I know well, you got to put some in the stash, but man, when you see like that spinner and it's like full of threes and fours on attack power and you're like, ooh, yeah, I'm going to hit hard to so much that. harder, you know? But that is my favorite. I love, I love that bonus roll. Like to, that makes mm -hmm. me excited to level up. Cause there, there are games right where you level up and it's just, oh, you know, stats increase, but I don't really see it that much. Like whatever, it's sort of. Mm -hmm. I, I know I'm stronger. Where here, I feel you see the tangible, you know, improvement. Right. If I'm getting hit a lot and I want to boost up my HP more, I'm gonna notice three, four HP points. You know, extra. 
you know, on top of what you already. I mean, it's, it's the thing about a game. It's the thing about a game where your stats are generally quite low. You know, if we just think about the real numbers, and then when they go up by like ten percent per level or something like that, yeah, you you really do feel it. And then the bonus roll, adding a few more points on top of that. You know, if you're if you're raising something by fifteen percent, like you go into a combat encounter after that, you're gonna notice it. And that is a that is a nice thing about these games is that. You you are you know tangibly and really rewarded for 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 grinding a little bit or for for not skipping encounters. But I found that if you skip too many and you get to a boss fight, you can get you can very easily get stuck. Even if you lower it down to like the easy mode, it can still not be that easy actually. So um, that's what the, again that was the funny thing I was mentioning about the game not necessarily being fully uh, you know directed towards children just because of the way uh, you you do get punished in some in some of the some of the assets but um can we talk about favorite areas maybe like i think the world itself and just that you look at the whole world map is pretty interesting like do does anyone have like a, a favorite area or specific event even that they really liked i do wonder where it fits into the um dragon quest timeline because you've got the collecting the MacGuffins and the giant floating castle in the sky with a force mm. field around it they have to break through so you know, it's 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 like a eight and eleven, but I'm not sure <laughs> where where it's like you know Mario and Luigi are connected to like that lineage or not. I think it's an official spinoff of nine. Ah, okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking right. it might have been ten. Didn't nine didn't nine have a lot to do with dreams? Like, wasn't dream dreaming like a big motif in nine? Or am I am I thinking of a different one? Ah, uh, you got me. Sure. Yeah. I, <laughs> I haven't played yes. Dragon Quest Nine in a long time. I, I do have the card. I keep meaning to just, go back to that. Just say it's point, in but... ten because it's an MMO in Japanese only, so we have no idea. Yeah. They yeah, add new it stuff. It probably all the is time. in ten, but we'll never know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, for me, I really like Wakeport. Like, I think Wakeport is a, a fun town to explore. It reminds me of like the yeah the typical JRPG town. Um, you know, with the different shops and the people there, and there's a lot of like kind of fun things to unlock and different secrets to find there. Um, you you I think you that is one place where you get just a ton of side quests kind of opening up. Um, like the, the picture, is it picture blocks or, pixel uh, picture, yeah, the pixel puzzle. Like you, I feel like this is the part where the game kind of opens up a bunch. Um, it's about, and it's about, I guess a third of the way into the game. Um, but from that point on, it felt like I had this home base to kind of come back to. And, you know, if I wanted to spend more time there specifically, I felt like I could do that. Um, that, that's kind of where in my second place of the game, I kind of, I kind of got to wait I went like a little bit further than that and that it felt like yeah okay i i had retread my steps enough but i, I do really like that it, element it's funny of the you game, say that, that because part. Uh, me too um but i yeah. really like uh pow uh wow mount pajama amma jamma jamma however you say it um that better be right but Let's i check. think that's a nice like that <laughs> whole port uh part of the game right you mentioned wakeport because that was one i enjoyed too and i sort of like that 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 middle part, right, or like you said, it's like a third getting into the middle. I feel like it starts really catching catching its steam because, yeah, Wakeport's really cool. I loved climbing the mountain and, and doing, like, the spinnies and stuff across the gaps and the platforming things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, that that was sort of my spot that I remember sticking out of my, uh, my head the most there. How about you, Jerry? I was just disappointed there wasn't a noose, and uh, you know, when you walk into the main town. Oh yeah, like, like Rogue Port. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, a good old Mario game. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. No, I I think that the 
You know, and this is something that's new to this game, right? Is that it's, you know, polygonal, you know, and it has those interesting, uh, you know, sprites that are like, are like really like, like blurry detailed sprites. It's, uh, it's hard on top of full 3d. Yeah. Actually, I really like the um, like Mario and Luigi sprites because uh, I, I sort of like um, pixel art that doesn't necessarily, you know, just, you know, like retro style games are cool, but it's nice to see it just used to actually create the image and not to just say, hey, I'm mm-hmm. made out of pixels. <laughs> exactly, um, yeah. And the way like Princess Peach looked actually reminded me of a not very good uh, GBA Disney Princess game I had as a kid where they, I think it was pretty smoothed out and looked nice. Yeah. Um yeah, and I, I I like you know all the events that happen in the in the world, you know. So, like you know, they walk across that bridge, and then it's just like this Looney Tunes you know cutscene kind of of them, you know. And it's just <laughs> yes. it's just fun, you know. And that's something that you know you can, you have this camera that can scale, and they really make good use of it while maintaining the identity of the games, you know. Uh, it's just yeah, it's, it's I think it, the games just look great, and in three D, it's just amazing. It's what and it thinks they got rid of that, but like when you when you view the game in 3D, it's so good. It's so much better on a new 3DS and not a a lame 2DS. A decaf DS. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 definitely editing <laughs> those those points out. But I, I I do agree. I'll agree with one thing you said, Perry, about the kind of like Looney Tunes style uh, cutscenes or, or humor that they implement. Like it does feel like it's a very slapstick game, and the humor is just kind of. You'd think it's kind of silly and dumb, but it's it's actually really it just fits the tone of the game so well, um, you know. And the I guess you know the whole aesthetic, the whole presentation, kind of contributes to this 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 game not being super serious. Even though some of the villains in the game and the bosses do seem like kind of intimidating, and they do kind of uh, maybe go against that a little bit, you know, with with how dark they are and you know um, wanting to take over take over the world and stuff like that. But um, I think I think the writing's great. I think that um, I I always get a kick out of the humor and talking to everybody in the town and you know i think that really compels you to want to, to want to explore more to do more side quests because the people you find uh not just the ones you don't have to talk to but just everyone feels like they have something interesting or funny or quirky to say and i i, I do really appreciate how um like wakeport is a good example of that but there's other parts too where you, just the, the random toads that you find seem to have something interesting to say and <laughs> you know you're seeing toads everywhere and you're seeing like this within a certain area you're seeing the same creature creatures and npcs all around but if they say something interesting it it doesn't really Whoa. make it doesn't make that a negative they're right tourists, you know it's a, yes, it's a right. tourist that's destination right. that's why they're all <laughs> you've got the yoshis that are trying to take the fruit um from the park but the one of the park workers is keeping an eye on him so he can't yeah one of the things uh, about playing this game and oh, always seems to be the case when i when we go back to play 3ds game is I, I'm lamenting that we may never get a, a dual screen setup again because totally. the, uh, I don't know. I just like, it's one of those things that you just forget about until you actually go back and start playing. And then you realize, and uh, I think especially for RPGs, like having that second screen is, it, it is, is always a, a yeah. joy. Mm-hmm. Like not only, not only do you have the Luigi parts, like where you, you, you get to do like fun things at the bottom, but then you your have map. like your menu system down there and, we have to turn it sideways like it's not a gimmick i mean it, it is a legit like i think at first when you came out like the ds came out it's like two screens <laughs> like touch is good hell? like yeah <laughs> perv but uh no <laughs> yeah. i think that there's actually real awesome you know practical uses of it all the time and just the idea of you know even 
just the idea you're when you're you're uh, you know in in Luigi's dream and you can just watch him sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why even when jumping it's around. idle, more or less. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was wondering why Perry's uh, game time was at two hundred hours. He was just watching oh, Luigi yeah. sleep. Who's the perv now? <laughs> Stroking um, his mustache. Oh yeah. One thing I think Perry mentioned before was like the platforming, and this isn't so good. I um. Mm. I, I, I kept getting very annoyed at Luigi because he'd fall down a platform and I couldn't actually see him or he'd start a fight with the enemy yes, because yeah, he'd totally. fallen. Yes. You got to do the, the <laughs> role of A-B when you jump, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I find that so odd that Mario and Luigi, you know, actually... And then they even take it a step further in Paper Jam. You actually have to use... You have to yeah, jump with y, three right? of them. You have to put your finger around A-B-Y. three. And it's <laughs> it's something where I, I kind of wish they did the Donkey Kong Country... Um, slash, uh, you know, Paper Mario Thousand Year, you know, the partner system where you could just have one of them being the main and the other one, they could have made the platforming so much better. Um, of course, right. all sure. those things that you do as, you know, is fun, but I think they could still have fun moments like that where you use both of them. But yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, uh, very weird. The, yeah, the dream mm. mode is fun and it's nice to go through and do like the uh, Luigianary works where he turns into a fan and you've got to spin him around and stuff. It's just like the actually getting Luigi to jump on the platform with you. It's not... <laughs> you know exactly. what I was a little weird with the dreams, too? I felt like they could have really went, like, real weird and crazy within there, right? Like, I don't know. It, it, it could have been cool if, like, you go into random spots where it's, like, memories from past games or something, you know? Or even if it's just yeah, sort of vaguely connected. I, I think they could have really run wild with that where um, they, they really sort of didn't. I mean... That's we've been we've point. been talking about. And I think this is probably going to happen every time we cover a 3DS game on the podcast or bring one up. Like it, you, the, this this longing for the dual screen setup, and yeah, you know, it was really awesome, and we got tons of great experiences. And I don't know that we're ever going to have something like that again. But it also makes kind of going back to it that much more enjoyable. Is that we don't have it anymore. So when we go back to a game, you know, like Fire Emblem or Dream Team. Uh, or, or a Pokemon game on on DS, like it, it's it it is nice to kind of like remember, like oh, we had a whole two generations basically, or you know, yeah, like I guess decade DS and 3DS together. Yeah, it was, it was a really good decade of like great games that took advantage of like a really novel setup. Like I know the dual screen thing is sort of happening in cell phones right now, but not really, or maybe not successfully, but. You know, yeah, we had a whole game generation that was, you know, just nailing it with with hit after hit across all different genres. And this is a this is another great example of a game that uses two screens exceptionally well. Yeah, it's well. funny that you say that because now that I'm thinking about it, right? Normally, when you go back to play an older game, yeah, you're just reminded of why you appreciate new hardware more, right? Generally speaking, like, oh, this doesn't run well, doesn't look great, it doesn't sound awesome, you know, whatever, what have you. But yeah, it's nice and like you said, refreshing almost to go back and be like, oh man, I get to dust off this and and sure, visually compared to you know what's on the market now, maybe it doesn't stand uh, stand next to that in terms of power, but just the the functionality. I mean, I think if every RPG could have a second screen, like every RPG developer would be like, yes, even if it was just strictly menuing yeah. and mapping, right, would be so, so nice. So. So you're saying the Wii U is the best console then? Yeah, yeah, that that HD. <laughs> it's got two screens. You could play yep. Zombie U. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did. It's funny you bring up the Wii U because I actually did enjoy Wind Waker a lot more. Oh yeah, having that well, secondary benefit. screen. Totally. 
to, you know, do, to it, just go through the inventory my, and stuff. My friend just asked me if I could borrow a Wii U Pro, a Wii U, yeah, Wii U Pro controller to play Wind Waker. I was like, what? Uh, you know, I was like, no, why? I was like, I was like, well, I do have one, and no, you may not use it for that. And uh, I got eight of them. But then he mentioned, can you just wait? Can you just wait well, six months? Well, like, yeah, yeah. I, it was something that he said that I forgot, which was like, he's like, yeah, I like it, except for like using like the boomerang and stuff, which I was like, because you have to use the motion control for the boomerang and everything. He says like for boss battles, it's like super hard. And I was like, I completely mm-hmm. forgot about that. Did and you I tell him to get good and suck it up? Yeah, that's exactly what I said, <laughs> word for word. You don't you don't draw you don't draw on the Wii the Wii U tablet to throw the boomerang? Or am I thinking of that's another game? Unless you're playing like a one of the DS games by a virtual console on the Wii U. Phantom maybe. Hourglass. Yeah. That's what I wanted to ask about, because I've never done that. Like yeah. does anyone have experience playing DS games? No, on I never Wii U? bought one. No. Um, so, so Paige, tell us about that. Like, what games have you played, and how do they uh, how do they work? I think I just got uh, I'm Crossing Wild War, but basically you have a couple of screen options. So you can do it like the top screen is the TV, and the bottom screen is the gamepad, or you can do a dub- like a double screen um, display. Uh, so yeah, you can customize. That's pretty it, cool, which is really nice. Like you could have you could have both on the Wii U gamepad, right? I feel like yeah. that's the way I would go. Probably. I think so. Man, Wild yeah. World, what a great game. I think this is one way that some people capture DS footage as well. Maybe is is using a Wii U gamepad, and then you you have like the the top screen a little bit larger on the left side, the larger square, and then you have the touch screen on the on the Wii U gamepad screen, uh, the the DS touch screen on the bottom right side. That that's where you would do the functional touching, I yeah. suppose. But I I mean I I, I guess I've been kind of shying away from trying ds games like that because it, it's not the true dual screen but it might be one of the few ways we can kind of rem- you know get some of those old games uh uh digitally right yeah. so well game preservation is certainly a, mm-hmm. a hot hot topic these yeah. days yeah so our, our hour-long last call all about game <laughs> preservation is yeah, Sorry, yeah no. what about what people thought about the giant fights because i thought they were really cool at first but they just go on for much longer than even a regular fight. I think they look I mean, amazing. Like they, they look, look yeah, and they, they look feel good. amazing. Yes, and yes. I think it's they're just cool. But I 100% agree. It's like they just they. It's like the whole game. It's like it's like they just take it's the too method long. of the message well, of the game, right? Just, it's so interesting, it lasts right? A little too long. It's like you put too much uh-huh. energy into this, guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Like for, dial it back. Too many. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, <laughs> it, and it seems so. I think it's you know you just got to think about the people working on the game. I'm, I'm, I think they just get into well, a funk and they just keep going. And I don't know. It's just. I guess you could say yeah. that they dreamed big. Mm. <laughs> mm. We're not. We're canceling last call. We're ending with that. Sorry. Sorry, David. I like it. Podcast over. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, there is there is something about these uh, big battles that I was expecting, obviously, the first time I played it after going through Bowser's Inside Story. I think those ones are a little snappier in that game. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, you're right, Perry when, and, and Paige. When these come up, it's like, this is a really cool moment. Like, it feels great. And then like... You know, five or ten minutes go by, and it's still you're still fighting the battle, and it's like, oh, you know, gosh, why aren't I doing more damage? Or you know, I have to heal here, and maybe the enemy gets healed or something. Like it, and the it just, same yeah, thing. It kind of and goes the same on too long with the uh, with the, uh, the the paper jam fights in the, the and it's the exact same battles thing, or whatever, you know, where they're cool, yeah. but it's like, yeah. yeah, it's just it lasts too long. But man, I just remember like that. Like I just remember looking at that at the you know you you turn it to the the what do they call that? When you turn the DS on its side, 
Um, the book mode story, uh-huh. yeah, like book book mode or yeah. something. And like you know, I just remember like Luigi's like uh, like that that polygon is like super detailed and stuff, and how it just felt great and it was so epic. I just remember it being so mm-hmm. epic, you know. Um, man, yeah, but yeah, it is like the music and yeah. the build up to it. Like it do, it does feel like it, it reminded me a little bit of like Power Rangers, yes. how like the Power Rangers would like get into like all their individual Zords and then transform into the Megazord. Like it, it always anytime like you have like a big uh, like a giant fighting giants or like you know uh, a robot fighting a kaiju or something. It reminds me of of watching Power Rangers when I was younger. And every time these battles would come up in this game and uh, in I guess in Bowser's entire story, that's how I would always think about it. But yeah, I just wish. Just wish it were a little snappier, like a lot of elements of the game, but certainly cool for sure. Yeah, and just real quick, we didn't really touch on it, and I don't want to go too crazy into it because I know we're getting towards the end here. But uh, the music in general, you'd mentioned music. Oh, so good. I, I love the Mario and Luigi music. It's very good. So energetic. Well, that's, that's Shimamura for you. Good tunes. It's just delightful. Like it fits, it fits the world so well, and it, it makes everything feel like happy and whimsical. No matter what is what actually is transpiring on the screen, you still feel like just totally transported into this world through that soundtrack. It, it, it is a it is a really good one on the 3ds, and probably one that doesn't get as much love as it deserves. This is the last call for alcohol this evening. Drink up, drink up, drink up. And order again. This is the last call. Yeah, well, for I guess uh, that will take us uh, into last call, which is uh, still on the same topic, though. Um, but we were uh, lamenting a little bit about uh, the death or the the end of the 3DS era. But uh, the, at the same time, it's also the end of the Alpha Dream era. So there's a good possibility that we might not get any more Mario and Luigi series again. Uh, unless they tap on no, another they can, developer. No, they can bring it back. Yeah, well, that's that's the topic of last call because obviously another developer is going to have to work on this, and uh, if they do bring back the series, which developer would you like to see get uh, be given the keys to run? Hmm. Grezzo. What, 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 what do you know? Oh. Yes, yes, that's a really yeah. good So call, they've yeah. been doing a lot. Like I'm looking at it. Obviously, we know they've uh, worked on the uh, 3DS ports. Um, they worked on you know Ever Oasis was like sort of their. Like, hey, this is our game, you know? And if you haven't played it, that game's awesome. But yeah, I'm looking at it here. You know, they have they helped on Luigi's Mansion for the 3DS, Link's Awakening, and uh, The Alliance Alive, you know, Miitopia, most recently for Switch. So they've been doing a lot of port work and stuff, but I don't know. Like I said, Ever Oasis was a really great title um, that d- definitely did not get any love because it came out at, like, the worst time ever. Like, no one's oh, probably dude, played that I really game. need to play that game. Yeah. It is I, it's so it's very nice. good. It's one of like I said, it's one of the games where I sort of got three quarters through, but I got stuck. But then when I went back to it, I finished it pretty quickly. Yeah, it, it's really uh, fun. It was a good one. Yeah, I would love to see them it, take the reins off, let them do another new game. I mean, obviously, if Mario and Luigi is uh, if it was a new game that you know, I'm sure they'd be working closely with Nintendo as well. But just I would mm-hmm. love to see their spin on it, and uh, you know, I, I think they they deserve a shot at something like that. I would say, if I would say like a standard answer, I'd say Capcom. I think would be amazing, uh, were, and yeah. to see like what their what their rendition of Mario is. And I can't think of any Capcom Mario games. Um, were you thinking the like the the Bayonetta the team, Project X Zone games? I don't know. Is that developed by Capcom <laughs> or the the which game? Sorry, I didn't. I, I was the thinking X Devil May Cry. Zone I was games. Kidding. Sorry, Paige. Can you say that one more time? <laughs> 
project. No, Casey, keep interrupting. <laughs> he did. Uh, project <laughs> Exxon. Oh, it's a, oh, it's yeah, that's kind of. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh no! Apparently, it was developed, but that was developed by um, Monolith Bandai? Soft with assistance oh. from Capcom and Bandai. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah, because it's Capcom oh. and Bandai crossover. But um, I also think that like WayForward would be, uh, that would be interesting oh, yeah. as well to see you know that's their their take yeah. on it because that, I think that with um. You know, with their their talent there, they could definitely you know have some really sweet hand painted visuals and but to capture the essence and seeing, yeah, that would be really cool. Um, I think level five, um, because they've they've done like Yokai Watch, uh, a series is theirs, and some other games like Fantasy Life. So I think they could probably do it pretty well. Yeah, oh, it'd be gorgeous. Life. So it's I'd like to too. see that's that's a that's a really good call, Paige. I, I I'd love to see Level Five do a Paper Mario game, though. I think like if they went back and did like a, an older like go back to the original RPG style Paper Mario games, I think they could really do a good job of that. I, I'll I'll give a silly answer here, and I'm going to say Monolith, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because the Xenoblade games often feature, uh, you know, getting into, uh, you know, giant mechs or giant robots and kind of doing the big, you know, robot versus robot kind of thing, um, or the, the larger than life kind of battles like we see, uh, in the, the giant Luigi fights in, in Dream Team. Uh, I think it'd be funny to see like a, a serious or a more adult themed developer take well, the Mario and Luigi games, maybe like, I, I don't know, like I, I get, you know, you've made all these games for kids and you want to keep it kind of light and, and airy like that, but. But it'd be fun to see a more serious game in the series, I think. Um, but we did we did just find out that they did the Project X Zone game, so they you know, <laughs> they can do um, yeah different wacky you know yeah wacky, wacky. definitely yeah something humorous yeah. and wacky and out there for sure yeah yeah that's that's what I was thinking when I think of like Mario Luigi I think of mm-hmm. kind of the humor that's involved and I think something like this I think would be kind of neat if you kind of handed it over to an indie developer just to see you know. Give it to someone who maybe uh, grew up with them and really enjoyed them. And I don't know if anyone from Image and Form uh, oh, grew yeah. up with those games, but I just feel like the 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 kind of humor that you oh, get yeah, in like the sure. Steamboat yeah. series, I think, could be applied to the Mario and Luigi. Like it would be neat to see like Mario and Luigi go to like like some weird place with all these weird enemies. Like they wouldn't even necessarily like, kind of get away from maybe the traditional Goombas and and that sort of thing, and then come up with these like really weird things. I think image and form could uh, could certainly do something yeah. pretty neat in that. Just uh, no cards, please. With that kind of atmosphere. <laughs> <What do you think? laughs> yeah. oh, they have to redeem they'll, themselves they'll with the They'll do a um, tactical shooter like a uh, Steam or Heist. Just... <laughs> oh, Heist is so good. So if we want to, you know, there, I have to bring up this game because my brother brings it up to me like every week. Uh, Bug Fables uh, on, on Switch by Moonsprout Games, uh, very similar to like the Paper Mario game. So I wonder if this developer could take the Mario and Luigi series, which shares a lot of the DNA with the Paper Mario games, and just do a Paper uh, do a Mario and Luigi game instead. Um, I haven't played Bug Fables yet, but it looks great. I've heard really good things about it. Definitely one of like a standout indie title on Switch for RPGs. And I think it, it's clear kind of like, um, you know, references and borrowing from the from the Paper Mario games already gives them a little bit of that uh, at leg up for doing a, another similar uh, Mario and Luigi RPG. Yeah, Under Hero was uh, kind of similar to the Paper Mario as call. well. Yep. And I, 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 yeah, I like you know, humor in I that have one a crazy too. developer. How about Nintendo? <laughs> no, 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 I don't think they could handle that. Though. How amazing would a Nintendo a developed Mario and Luigi game be? I know it's crazy, okay. <laughs> but that would be awesome. 
I like how that's the craziest <laughs> suggestion we've thrown. Not out a chance. In Image form, maybe, but no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure Nintendo's gonna get on that right after they release Pikmin Four. Oh, hey, it, Pik- it's Pikmin yeah. Four is an iOS game. It is. Buddy. It's Pikmin and Niantic yeah. or doing Pokemon or Pikmin <laughs> Pikmin Walk or Pikmin, Pikmin Go. Go. Yeah, Pikmin Go. <laughs> Pikmin, no, Perry. And then they're Perry, gonna do Pikmin Man. Grow. Ooh, there it is. Pikmin Grow. Oh my Please goodness. Please let that be the name. Please, you heard it here <laughs> first. They do Pokemon. But that's Pikmin, not a gardening Pac-Man. app, <laughs> I need to be convinced that's an actual game and not just some kind of AR uh, screenshot generator. Probably. Where it's just where you just walk along and you're like, here, put Pikmin where you think would be funny. How amazing. Like that, that's oh, right, right. Complete extent of the game. There's not actually anything else. What if that's what it it's was just, and they called it Pikmin 4? <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. If that's the game that was finished like four or five years ago or something or nearing nearing the end of development like four years ago and it turns out to be a, a mobile game. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hey, it's remember those oh, weird dungeon crawlers uh, on the 3DS eShop where you like it's like the radio men or whatever. Denpa men? Denpa men? No. Yes. That, yeah, yeah. I, I did play yes. one of those at least. Yeah, they're weird. And they would be if what if it was that? <laughs> 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 I mean, I'll be honest. I'm kind of excited. Always total tangent, but it's. I, mean, I don't know which of us brought it up, but uh, I'm actually really interested in that that Pikmin walking game. I think that uh, it, it, you know, the yeah. I, it reminds me of like when Pokemon Go first started and just how much of an epi- not epidemic would be a bad choice of words to use, uh, but it just how it much was, of a pandemic <laughs> it was. Yes, exactly. It was. It was. I mean, it was t- totally a phenomenon, <laughs> right? Like everyone was playing. That summer was so memorable because everyone was playing that game and just going to parks and walking around. It was so cool. Um, but it'd be it'd be cool if you know they they hit on that success again in some way with Pikmin because I, I, I you know I know Perry is a huge fan of the series and I am too uh, especially the third game I'd love to see what they can do with with a mobile version like if they put a lot of time into it we'll see there you go I can't believe we're ending the show on a mobile we mobile could talk game. about Final Fantasy 15 pocket edition if you prefer I'd rather play I'd rather play uh. Pikmin Grow <laughs> Pikmin Grow <laughs> <laughs> that's right just Please, please. It's got to be called Pikmin Girl. Come on. That would be amazing. Yeah. I think you should run out and copyright that name real quick, Jordan, so that when, when it gets announced, you can Yeah, you should it. get that Twitter handle and everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm still working on getting uh, Oreo on Twitter to send me some of those flavors. So once I get through with that, uh, that Herculean task, I'll move on to the next one. I think Jordan's just still stuck on his lewd comments from the uh, from Twitter. Oh, today. my. Yeah. I, I, hey, I was going to I was going to get to that. <laughs> I, I, I almost I almost started talking about like carrots and eggplants and cucumbers and I'm like that's really not you know PG friendly tweet so I'm not going to do that from the mm-hmm. NWR account. Uh, <laughs> before this gets any more off the rails, uh, I think this will take us to the end of the episode on uh, Mar- you know remember I, I was going to keep calling it Paper Mario Dream Team, uh, Mario and Luigi <laughs> Dream Team on the Nintendo 3DS. Uh, always fun to bring out, uh, you know, one of our favorite uh, Nintendo consoles and go back and uh, reminisce about, uh, you know, the, the dual screen past that may never return. Um, o- always fun as well to have uh, Casey and Perry join us from the Talk Nintendo podcast uh, and Paige as well. Maybe we can do some shout outs, what people are working on. Uh, Paige, you want to go first? What's uh, what's new with you? What Where can people find you? Well, I just realized I could have made a joke about um, how Nintendo making a Mario and Luigi game would be a pipe dream, mm. but <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Better late than never. Um, but yeah, my latest thing. If you still want to find yeah. Paige after that joke, this is where you can find her. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my latest thing was um, Story Seasons Pioneers of Olive Town review. So that's out on my YouTube channel, which is just Paige Detlefson. Um, and on Twitter and Instagram, uh, it's at Paige G Guy. Casey and Perry, what about you, fellas? Uh, well, I'm working on Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, it's been going very well. But yet, we uh, are a... You developed yep, that game? Yep. I'm just happy you're yeah. not playing WoW. And I think I think I can speak for Perry when I say that. <laughs> a collective rejoice for all. Um, <laughs> yes. But yeah. There's hope in this world. Yeah, good old know. Talk Nintendo podcast. Me and Jerry talk about video games every week. And you can get them on That's your right. podcast services. Yep. I'm at... Um, yeah, and then I... When I'm not talking on a Nintendo podcast, I'm I'm uh, looking at my shelf that has our next two Game Dex releases on it. Are they huge? Are you are you allowed to talk about them? No. Oh, Perry. No. <laughs> what a tease. But they will. What a tease. They will. Here, here's your tease. They will blow your socks off. That's your tease. Okay. Well, I'll need to put on some socks to have them blown off. But you please <laughs> let me know the first uh, the first time you're going to announce that. Okay. I want to be there. I'll I want send to send you a picture I'll, after you, this. Before you do, let me know. I'll put my socks on, and I'll, I'll send you the before and after of socks on and off. Okay? <laughs> Beautiful. The, the, the visual proof Finally. of them being blown off. You guys are perfect. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're, we're starting at socks. You know, we're, we're starting pretty light. Hey. Uh, David, what about what about the Thirsty Mage? Uh, well, I'm working on a review that I can't actually talk about yet. That'll be coming out in a couple weeks. Otherwise, trying to uh, work on some backlog David, titles. David, you got so. your hands on Shin Megami Tensei Five. No, no. Dang. <laughs> I, I was hoping. No. Casey, would you drop Final Fantasy no. VII right now if SMT came out tomorrow? No. Hmm. You're that into it, Dude, eh? That's good. Dang. Early, er, I, I forgot who I d- texted it to, but er, uh, early runner for Game of the Decade. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that was me. That's, I agreed good. with you. Game's not even finished. I know. And I then care. I immediately asked him. <laughs> yeah. Then I... Then I immediately asked him where he was a few weeks ago when we were when I needed a, a vote for RPG yeah. battle and he and he trumped yeah, me dude, with I, I, I could have been swayed the other way. Who knows? Oh man! I guess when are they gonna do a Chrono Trigger I guess remake, they, uh, a la Final Fantasy VII remake? That'd be crazy. Didn't we talk about that last week or the week before? <laughs> yeah, we talked about that on the when we when was yes, up yes. in the battle. That's right. And what's the de- what's the definitive? We're answer, waiting then? for the game deck version. Do I? Obviously, like I said, they, they've got that little glass box in their. Well, that's room already done. That oh, they could break oh, in case of emergency. <laughs> I just looked down, my socks came off. So you were right, Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> Chrono Trigger game deck. That would be sweet. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'm also pretty sure the Square Enix lawyer. Uh, I'm pretty sure some. Some bells are ringing over there too, or or the the cash ching cha ching. Well, if you call it trigger chrono, you'll be fine, suits. and just change some of the characters' hairstyles and whatever, and you'll be good. There it is. Um, yeah, the, uh, I've, I've got. Uh, I also have a review for uh, Story of Seasons: Pioneers of Olaf Town on the NWR YouTube channel. You can check that out. Uh, check out pages as well. I, I still need to do that. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, I've got two. I've got another couple of reviews cooking. Uh, one uh, coming out uh, early next week. Another one a couple of weeks away. But yeah, stay tuned to NWR. NWR uh, for those, you can find me on Twitter at Riskman64. I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, David, do we have an episode? I'm sure we have an episode scheduled for next week. But do, do you know what the topic is? Because I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very I'm knee deep in reviews here. Yeah, I was thinking we might go with um, RPGs with the best first 15 okay. minutes. Okay. 
So I, I, I've got Octopath mine. Octopath Traveler. Because <sighs> when the hopes were high before the game actually settled in. <laughs> Casey, it's not games we gave up on after 15 minutes. It's games well, with that's the what best I'm saying. first 15 the, Those minutes. first 15 minutes <laughs> well, before the game really starts the to suck, it's beautiful and it looks awesome and you got high hopes. I think I'm going to start a new podcast all about, and only people who love Octopath Traveler like me are allowed to be on it. All I'm saying is... So it's just, it's just you it, then? Jordan thought he got 82 Metacritic. Eight, 82 or is it 84? Like, I'm clearly not the only person who likes this game. Like, I shouldn't have to keep pointing to Metacritic. Yeah, you should. Uh, if you need to point yeah, to right, Metacritic, group you've already lost. Are always correct. Yeah. yeah. But the numbers, I, they say it's I'm good. Not, it, yeah, look at the numbers, though. Yeah, yeah exactly, Casey. It's only but 82 because Jordan did 100 and everyone else did David, can you put a note in the podcast to end the recording at, I think, 115 or so? Well, well, like I said, so. Jordan thought he got off without me busting his chops about Octopath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I knew it was coming because you'd brought up Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition, <laughs> and I'd brought up WoW, and then we completed the Holy Trinity with Octopath. Hey, Traveler, let's look up so. the Metacritic for WoW. Let's look it up. <laughs> I, I wonder. Do they don't actually look it up? <laughs> oh, look, it's 98, Jordan. It really? Yeah, but it's only reviews from Casey, and they're just user reviews. I was gonna say it's it's. <laughs> can you really? Oh no! Look, you can see the different. Uh, look at that! Like the expansions? different expansions. Yeah, that, I thought they would do something yeah, like that. So, for it. Yeah, um, so yeah. Wrath of the Lich King 91, that's regarded as one of the better ones. That's high. Whoa! Uh, Battle wow. of Azeroth, place. that one stinks, and that's a 79. Yeah. That's ba Battle for Azeroth stunk, and it's only the bad three one. points worse than And it's than almost Octopath. as much as Octopath Traveler. Exactly. Yeah. So what's that say? Yeah. The numbers! Wow. Look at the numbers! <laughs> Look at the numbers! <laughs> I don't Get know how Jordan has left out exactly here. like me there. Uh, uh. He must have recorded my voice well. or something like that. Jordan, Jordan's from yeah, Boston. He turned into like an East Coast guy. Look at the numbers. I put in Traveler with two L's and I couldn't find it. I got scared that it got deleted off Metacritic. So I, I should probably... No, it's not uh, on the PS3 uh, network. Yeah, I, uh, I got less than an hour to get ready for work. So I'm All right, yeah. I think okay, we're, we're... Paige, we're just going to be talking about Octopath Traveler for the next hour. So you're yeah. probably good to go. I'll come back in after I finish my shift and you guys will still be... There you go. Well, if, if it takes that long to talk about how good it is, I, I can understand that. Uh, I think we'll end with how good it is, that phrase exactly. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for joining us for the... the uh, I was going to say talk to Tito podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I'm really, I'm really, yeah, really bumping uh, Casey and Perry's tires here. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us for the Thirsty Bait podcast. You can find us on your podcast app of choice. Like David said, leave us a review. We've got a Discord channel, healthy discussions there, a lot of fun. Uh, you can join our Discord channel. Um, uh, I think that yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna stop here because I, I, I'm, I'm getting all com discombobulated with all the uh, hey, talk. Just so. don't, uh, don't. We're gonna call ours pillow talk. You should. So you should. if you want to use that as well, yeah. but otherwise, uh, well, that's just it, that or it could have been look at the numbers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look yeah, at but the numbers. But, really but the numbers. Yeah, <laughs> look at that. It's really good. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, thanks everyone for joining us. Hope you have a good night, and we'll talk to you next week. Adios. Bye -bye. Oreo Metacritic. Bye. Bye. 83 Metacritic. <laughs>